Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. We're recording Thursday as per usual. Tuesday, my schedule was uh, abnormally flexible. And uh, I get a, a message from a, a friend of mine I haven't seen in a while who's a trainer. He trains athletes. He trains celebs. And he's been doing sessions at uh, at Chelsea Piers. Um, so he said, hey, do you want to come up and, and meet me there? We can do a, a, a session on the court. And I was like, yeah, I, I got to shoot a ball and get a sweat. And it's been too long. So I'm debating if I should take my bike up the bike path to Chelsea Piers, which is my normal ride there and back is, uh, is, is six miles. So it's three miles. It's easy. So I'm like looking at the uh, at the weather and I'm like, ah, is it going to be too cold? And I'm like, no, nah, let's do it. So I layer up, I get on the bike and BJ within 45 seconds, I'm literally being almost blown off my bike by gusts of winds going up the Hudson River. But it was all for ball and I made it. I know, I know, you're, con- I know you're concerned listening, but I made it and uh, I got a bunch of shots up. I feel uh, I feel old. I feel slow, but uh, there's still a little left in the tank for some bad pickup at some point. So um, <laughs> I just tell you, be careful. Yeah, be careful no, out there. it was it was all it was all uh, you know some movement, some catch and shoot jumpers, uh, some stuff off one bounce. Uh, I'm still sore two days later, but uh, <laughs> I feel great. So combine that with this this beautiful. This beautiful January sun and uh, our new beginning, and I I feel great. So speaking of new beginnings, Pure Hoops podcast, release Friday, January 22nd. We're recording on the 21st, and, um, you know, I'll be honest, and we talk about this all the time, you know, you you haven't scouted until you've been wrong. I really doubted. (laughs) Um, how quickly things would um, at least start to make sense of themselves on the court in Brooklyn. And yes, they lost to Cleveland in double overtime with the return of Kyrie Irving joining Harden and Durant. And uh, obviously um, uh, Harden had a a game or uh, two games previous to Kyrie back. But the James Harden, Kevin Durant chemistry on the floor. And uh, I'll, I'll get into how... DeAndre Jordan plays that to that in a moment, but you know, we've got numbers here to delve into, but first to start BJ first impressions of Harden only as a Brooklyn net. Well, it's hard to make a proper evaluation and not consider what his past, what he has done in the past. And you know, James Harden has been a very prolific scorer. He's been an MVP. 
He's been perhaps, if not the best, one of the best offensive players, isolation players in today's game. He's really taken advantage. He's probably when you he's probably one of the players who've really influenced the game by the way he plays. He shoots threes, he gets to the basket, and he gets to the free throw line. That's in today's game. That's what you see. You know, you sh- you don't see any more mid range. You don't see any more post ups. You see guys shooting threes. Check for James Harden. You see guys getting to the basket. Check. And when you do drive to the basket, you get fouled. Yep. That's what he does. Now, it's hard for me to say, especially when you have Mike D'Antoni, his head coach that he achieved all this success under, sitting on the sidelines over there. You have Steve Nash, who played for Mike D'Antoni, sitting there on the sidelines. We have every reason to believe that he will continue under this system of play and his numbers, if not the same, will be somewhere near the numbers that he's putting up because he's putting up, you know, incredible offensive numbers. So we have every reason to believe that he will continue the same path because of the system. He's very familiar with the system. And offensively, he is a very prolific player. So what have I seen in the first two games that he played without Kyrie Irving? Because you asked that question. Mm-hmm. What is he? He does triple doubles or somewhere around there. I mean, he's he's James Harden. You go, he's back. And we have every reason to have optimism in the air and hope in the air because you're saying he's not even he's not even in even in tip top shape right now and he's doing this. Imagine when and then you finish the rest of the sentence. So, you know, I was very encouraged when you saw him play because you're saying, wow, that's a that's a potent combination, especially on the offensive end, what they could do, what they could be. You know they both can score. It's a scoring league. No one plays defense. And you have not one but two guys who are capable of scoring 50, 60 points in an NBA game. I mean, those guys alone in an NBA game could score both score 50 points. Yeah. In today's game. So, uh, yeah. In saying uh, that, I, I I was very encouraged, you know, when he got there because you're saying, well, could be. You put enough role players around him, you got something special. Or you could have something special. I was so impressed with how... And again, we've talked about this. There's limited to no practice time. So many pieces were moved in that deal. Uh, The court spacing, the flow, the job that Joe Harris has now might be the best perimeter job in basketball. The job that DeAndre Jordan has now. I have no idea. What's what's Joe Harris' job? What's his job now? Be be ready to catch and shoot. That's it. Well, get yourself you open, know, be ready to catch and shoot. And you know, and DeAndre now. Yep. I, I'll say this. It's go interesting. Ahead, I have to cut you off. Hold your thought. Joe Harris, to me, has a very difficult job. Is because Joe Harris now has to defend the other team's best player. Joe Harris has mm. the, the most difficult job out of everyone. Because he has to defend the other team's best perimeter player. Because Kevin Durant and James Harden 
are not going to do that. That's and that, my friend, my, <laughs> that, my friend, is a different ball game. Now, Joe Harris playing with Karis LeVert and all the other guys, you know, some nights he would have that he would have that job. But now every single night he has to guard the, the Bradley Bills. He has to guard the, the Mar DeRozans. He has to guard the other team's best perimeter player every night. Now, Clay Thompson is the last player that I can and currently that has took on that and was able to still be a phenomenal, phenomenal offensive player. That's a very difficult job, my friend. I don't think Joe Harris is as good a defensive player <laughs> as Clay Thompson. No, no, he's and not. He's Nor does not he have to carry touch. No. Yeah. Nor does he have to carry the load offensively. I'm just saying yeah. from uh, the the perspective of uh, a specialist in an incredible situation for opportunity. I mean, th- this is it for him. And then DeAndre, I lost track of how many lobs he's already caught at the rim from Harden and, and him being able to get into the lane. And um, they just look very, very comfortable. Obviously, Kyrie comes back for the... Uh, Wednesday night game where they all have uh, tremendous numbers uh, in a double overtime loss in Cleveland, and you know I'm, I'm getting to I'm getting to what the potential issue is going to be here that we've already talked about. They let up 145 points. Um, you know, Kyrie came back at 37. Uh, Harden uh, had a triple double. Durant had a big night too. So, um, you know, keeping this on the court, BJ. There's one basketball. There's three extraordinary offensive talents. Uh, how do you see them playing together and, and spreading the ball out and making it work? We already see Harden and Durant getting on the same page. How does this work with the three of them? Well, anytime you put great offensive players or great players on the court together, the focus has to be if we can play basketball after stops, defensive stops, we have a chance to be very good. If we don't get stops, if we don't commit to the defensive end, it will put an unusual amount of pressure on the offensive end because now we have to take turns. We have to take turns now. Okay, Kevin, it's your turn. Well, James, your turn. Kyrie, your turn. Yeah, and can we yeah. just clarify? This is a completely different type of big three where in Miami, we knew Bosch was going to be the guy that was going to take a step back a bit. In Boston, we knew... KG, Pierce, and Ray were all going to have to change their games. And we've seen, uh, obviously, in Golden State, Steph took a step back. And Durant was, the obviously, the, the, the number one option with Steph more um, waiting for his moments and, and making sure Clay and, and KD were obviously getting the ball where they needed to uh, to get it. This is a completely different type of beast. So when you talk about guys taking turns, um, 
picture you're in that huddle, you're in that locker room. Um, how does this sort itself out? Well, yeah, you know, people say taking steps back, right? And we use terms like that and we evaluate that and we measure that by numbers. So we'll say, oh, you know, you know, let's take let's take Miami. That's the team we were, you know, that's the team we've been discussing. Or that's the team we're, we're currently discussing here. Um, I don't look at it as he was taking a step back. I just look at it as, you know, these guys had to do what they had to do. You know, I mean, they, 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 you know, they did what they had to do. And what I mean by that is when you play winning basketball, Eric, that's a different brand of basketball. So being a good player on a bad team and getting 27 a night probably translates to probably being a good player on a good team and getting 21 points a night. There's a there's a priority difference that you have to to use. So yep. Okay. Chris Bosh was the main character or the main focus of the offense in Toronto. So that means he was going to get more touches, offensive touches. But when he got to <laughs> Miami, his role changed. Different different ball game. Winning basketball is a different game. This is what bothers me and sometimes I wish I probably wasn't on a good team. Because yeah, it's the NBA, but there's different games being played in the NBA. There's there's the, there's the game where the coach is just trying to get this team to play team basketball. There's a game being played where here's a team that's underperforming because they're underperforming right now and they're trying to play unselfish basketball. There's other teams they're overperforming right now because they've been shooting the ball well from three, which gives them confidence they probably shouldn't have. And then there's teams who are playing because they really believe that they should get to the playoffs. Then there are other teams who will win a significant amount of games like the LA Lakers. And they're saying, you know what? we just want to stay sharp until the playoffs begin. We don't want to show our whole repertoire yet. We don't, we're not going to even show you our full plays because we know we can get stops and things. So we're just going to play. There's a lot of different things going on during the course of an NBA NBA game. Mm-hmm. And, and, what, and, and the reason I'm saying that about Brooklyn is because now, you know, I've seen them play three games now. Because of their offensive, the, because of their offensive players that they currently have on their roster, we, whether we've consciously done it or unconsciously done it, we've placed them now in a stratosphere where we're saying finals and there and, and this is a championship caliber team based on what they've never even probably practiced together yet yeah we've all we've automatically put them in a champion now i can say this i haven't seen them in three games play championship caliber basketball championship caliber basketball looks no. like this you have to defend you have to rebound the ball, and you have to share the ball. They gave up 147 points last night to Cleveland. Don't talk to me about championship caliber 
basketball, and you give up 147 points to Cleveland. 145 to Cleveland. Um, yeah. Okay. Is it? I, I okay. did. I did think. I did think the Milwaukee game was played at a. I thought the game was played at a, at a surprisingly high level for where we're at in the season and the trade that just happened and the moving parts. Um, is it championship level? No, but I, I was pleasantly surprised by like how that game felt to watch, the competitiveness, the back and forth, and some of the things I was seeing. No, I, I will bounce, say this. I bounce pass back to you. No, no, I, I, and I'll say this. Okay. Under normal circumstances, which is, is a very unnormal time right now, you like to give yep. the teams, you, when you evaluate an NBA team, and here's something that's kind of a, a, a rule of thumb in the NBA, and this has probably been here since 1946. It's an unwritten rule. Before you figure out who you are in this league, you give yourself 25 games to figure out who you are, what you are, what you're going to be, what your rotations are, so forth and so on. You give yourself like 25 games to figure out what's what. Because after 25 games, that's who you are. That's who you, that's who you are. And the reason I say that is because the NBA is so sophisticated. The game is so sophisticated. You scout the games. You scout the teams. You understand the rotations. You understand the pace of a team in which they're trying to play. Some teams, you know, are going to play through Jokic, their center, which is going to be different than how, you know, the Houston Rockets would play. So you, you're well scouted by about 25 games. All the advanced scouts, all of the scouts in the NBA, all of the coaches have watched tape. The players have kind of played each other at least once, have seen everybody play. You got a familiarity of how the league is playing, the style, all of the things. Everyone's now is going to settle in. What's the scouting report, James Harden and Kevin Durant? Go. Uh, explosive scorers can shoot okay. the three, can put it on how, the floor. You have to double them. Okay, that's all individual stuff. How they're going to play together? Has anyone seen it? So, so before the game. What was Coach Bud saying? How we're gonna do? What's this? What's the game plan before that game? What you got no tape to look at? Okay. Okay. How many times have we seen a player go down, a star player go down on the other team, and we go, oh, by the numbers, they should get crushed, and then that team comes out and plays because I've been on the other side. You go, I don't know how they're gonna play now that their star player or that player is not there. It's gonna right. change the dynamics right. of the team or the dynamics right. of the game. How many times have we seen this, Eric? We've seen it a million times. We've all seen it. We have every reason to believe player X is out. The other team should win. But then they come out and they play a different style and they get contributions. You go, this guy's averaging six points and he has 25 points. And you go, I didn't even know the guy could do that. Yep. What's the scouting report? What's Coach Bud going to say? Let's you and I pretend like we're going to be coach. What are we going to say? We know they are both scores, but we haven't seen them play together in 10 years. So how are we going to defend this group? What's the play calls? Do we know their need plays? Who's going to get the – we don't know anything. Is James Harden going to play the one or the two? We, you know what he could say? Hey, guys, we know they're talented. Let's go out and play and see what happens. That's all he can say. 
yeah, besides discussing how you're going to try to play the pick and roll. I, well, I what, 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 what does James do? do off the screen when he does it? We don't, we haven't seen it, coach. Where's my advanced <laughs> scouts? <laughs> okay. So yep. now everyone picks yep. up on one game or two games, and then they're going, I'm mm-hmm. going, okay, let me see this for about 24, 25 games first. So I can get a feel of what they're trying to do. Because right now, looking at the Brooklyn, they're just three guys out there playing. That's what it looks like to me. It looks like the pickup game you were just describing to me the other day. The guys are just out there. They want to get touches. They just want to get a feel. You know, I got 35. Okay, it's your turn. This guy's got 36. Okay, this guy's got a triple-double. But no one's – what are they really trying to accomplish? You know, what's the space heat on the floor and all those things. So, get back to your original question. This is going to take time. The thing that concerns me as I watched them last night is they don't defend. They don't defend. And that and that takes me to my next question. <clears throat> so, how do you... And I'll, I'll never forget the time you shared with me one of the <clears throat> reasons behind why the triangle was setting you guys up for success. And you took the defensive lens and approach first, right? So you've been on a championship team whose identity was obviously built upon some great individual talents, but it was more about the identity of this is our team. This is how we are going to defend. This is how we're going to create transition and easy bucket opportunities. So if you're the Brooklyn Nets, how do you convince them and create this identity where there's going to be a commitment to team defense, which will further, uh, Power their offense, create transition, create easy opportunities, but most importantly, create, at the end of the day, team success. You know, Eric, if I, if, if I were there, unless I'm going to play couch coach now, if I were there, I would first ask the team in front of everyone, do I have permission to tell you the truth? Do I have permission? I'm not here like to that. criticize. Do I have permission? That's true. Without question, the, the team is everybody's going to stand up. Just keep it real, coach. Keep it real, coach. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. First things first. You can't play defense in this league or in any league. Okay, in any league, without being in the proper condition. There's no way Kyrie Irving can be in condition right now. There's James Harden. Is there's no way he can be in condition right now. Okay, so right now. Gentlemen, we're going to have to take a couple steps back because I can't expect you to give me the effort necessary to do these things until we at least do the first principle, which is you got to be in condition to do it first before I can even ask you to do it. Eric, I can't ask you to go out there and play at a certain level if you're not in condition. Yep. Let's just be honest. Second, second, okay? Second, the business people in New York have made a choice. Oh, we got we to gotta cut practice times back. 
We've only got like 10 days or seven days to get ready for the season. Okay, Eric, I've spent my entire life either getting in shape, maintaining my being in shape, and getting myself prepared to go out there and do what's necessary to take my body through what I had to take through as an NBA player. I didn't get the magic formula, Eric, to get in shape in 10 days to play in a, an NBA game. <laughs> I, I'm, I've been looking for it for, for old Eric, man basketball. I didn't take I the magic pill it, so, to get in yeah. shape. And then, red, pill or blue, red pill or blue pill? Red I didn't pill get that. Pill. I didn't get that memo. <laughs> and I never got the memo where the, where, the, where the NBA sent me a memo and said, you know what? We can't practice. That's crazy. Okay. So how long, how, how long? So let me ask you a question real quick, just just so people really have an idea of, of what the time and the commitment takes. Let's go back to, you know, 92. And you are, uh, you, you guys just won your second championship. You beat Portland. You take some time off. Uh, when are you back in the gym that summer? And what is the timeline and runway for you showing up to – Chicago Bulls training camp, ready to go and in that shape. See, Eric, you go. You, you, I don't want to take you down this rabbit hole. This this okay. idea of getting back in the gym and getting in shape is a myth. You know, it, it's it's it, it's like I, I'm disgusted with all of this. I'm working out stuff in the summer. I, I like yeah. okay, you're working out in the summer. Okay, that sounds great. I'm I'm getting better. I'm grinding. Okay. Okay. Uh, you good. love that. You love you love the I'm You love that. You love that. I love okay, all these guys. <laughs> I I'm, I've been in the gym all summer. Okay? What are you doing in said gym? Okay, okay. And then we can say what are you doing? Okay, you can post your videos and send me the stuff what you doing. You know, oh man, I'm hashtag, you know, you know, I'm striving to be better, getting great, or whatever it is, whatever it is. Okay, that's that all sounds good. That that sounds great. I, I I think about this a lot because I don't like basketball. I love it. It's it's been my life. Right? Yeah, it's been my life. And 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 I had a coach tell me once, he said, You can't cheat the game. You can't cheat it. Now you yep. can try. You Eric, you and I can sit there and make videos and post. And, and and we can go do a video right now. I can't play, but I can do a video where I know I can make 85 to 93s out of 100. Hashtag comeback. And I can do all, I can do that. I can do that right now. <laughs> I, I can do that right now. I can't move. I can't run. But I can show you me just shooting open shots going hashtag comeback. Okay. All this sounds great. And where am I going with this? See, Eric, I never had a head coach rebound for me. My entire NBA college life. I never had an M. Phil Jackson didn't rebound for me. Nor did I need Phil Jackson to rebound for me. You know, the late Chuck Dully didn't come down and say, BJ, let's, let's put up some shots. He didn't do that. When I played, when I was trying out for the Olympics, I remember Bobby Knight and George Raveling and John Thompson. They didn't come down and rebound for me. Dr. Tom Davis 
didn't rebound for me. You know what they all said to me? When that game start, we're going to find out what you've been doing. Eric, all of this working out stuff means nothing to me. Okay? So what did I do in the summer? I mentally had to figure out what I was going to do to perform in that game. Nobody didn't. What I need to go... Eric, I was a professional. What professional... In my humble opinion, I'm saying this with great humility. Can't go in a gym and make 85, 93s if no one's guarding you. No one's guarding you. Yeah. Eric, that's why I'm a pro. Yeah. No one's Eric, guarding you. I'm a and, Eric. And, and, I'm a and, 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 and now, go Eric, ahead. You're, you're I'm in a professional. your group. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm a professional. Now. Let me get 100 possessions and score 90 times on Gary Payton. Now I gotta, I'm got. i feeling really good about myself if I can do that. Yeah. There's no defense. Slightly, There's slightly different. You're just sitting in the gym. Eric, you know, the guy's passing the ball. The seam's already fixed. Bam. Bam. You know, I watched Steph Curry, you know, he made like 95 threes. Is that impressive? That is impressive. Because, you know, to watch a guy do that is phenomenal. To watch a guy do that in the game, he has my attention. Because Steph Curry, that to me is the difference. To watch a guy make through. I've seen, I've played with some of the greatest shooters. You know, I, I've, I've worked out with Chris Mullen, played with him on the same team. Trent Tucker, Craig Hodges, John Paxson, Steve Kerr, Reggie Miller. Dale Ellis. The list goes on and on. I've seen some guys who can shoot. The difference between Steph Curry and those guys is Steph Curry is doing it in the game. Yep. Okay. So what did I do in the summer? I got ready to do it in the game. I don't care what you got to do. Me practicing in the gym, playing against nobody, is not going to get me ready for the game. <laughs> practicing in a gym getting up shots working on my Dirk Nowinski one leg fadeaway my step back is not going to get me ready to perform in the game the only thing that's going to get you ready for the game is the game You, because you can't cheat the game so Eric What did I do? I tried to mimic the game so that when the real game came, I was ready. I didn't work out for the game. I didn't work out for the game. I tried to get myself prepared for the game and not prepare for the game to perform in that game because performance was the level of excellence that said either you can get it done or you can't because Eric what I didn't want is to be on the bench once the game started and the only way I could be in the game is to perform in the game because if I didn't perform guess what was going to happen Eric somebody else back on the bench 
back on the bench. Somebody else okay. will. Next man. So, 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 so we got here. I think we got here by me asking you what it's going to take, take for the Nets to develop a team defensive okay. mentality to Let equal team success. And you, of course, pointed Give to them a the conditioning it takes. Of a month of conditioning. A month okay. of conditioning. And about 25 games before we can finally figure out who's who and what's what. Okay, so let's take the modern era because the younger view, the younger listeners think that all of this started with what they call what they call super team started with LeBron James and these guys, right? The super yeah, team started. Incorrect. incorrect. In, okay. Okay. It is what it is, but yeah, we'll in their do a lifetime, super teams episode. Yeah. yeah, in their lifetime, that's when it started. Okay. I remember that team was like six and six or so after the like the they first. They were their their first their first. Uh, 15 games they were eight and seven spolstra was uh uh supposedly on the chopping block and the whole thing was going wrong okay. 15 games this is how it works eric this is how it works now it's fun to say well that team got to the finals i don't know three out of four years or four out of four years and they won two championships whatever it is they did down there the truth of it is first you got to get in condition. Okay? There's levels to this, Eric. There's my summer league conditioning. There's my yep. preseason conditioning. There's my regular season conditioning. There's the there, there's another level where you say, okay, guys, we got to take it up to another level because we're, we're making a playoff conditioning. Once you get to the playoffs, there's a level to play in the playoffs. And then there's championship level basketball. You have to be prepared to be able to play in all those areas. So this, if we're going to be honest, we're this team. They need at least a month because the games now, when I watch the NBA game, you know what it really reminds me of now? The ABA. Guys are just <laughs> running up and down. Look at these scores. Yeah. 147 to 135. I watched the Pistons last night. They're like 120. But like... Everybody's just running up and down, shooting threes, free, die, you know, guys are, you know, this guy has, Clint Capella has 27 points and 26 rebounds and five blocks. Like, how are you getting these type of numbers? <laughs> like, that's like Moses Malone type numbers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah Capella's 20-20 these days. I know. Okay, I okay. Know. Drummond gets like 30 and 25. Okay, so what I'm saying is. Yeah, pace helps. These guys need a, a minimum of a month to practice. Well, the practices now are the games. Let's just be honest. Games are getting postponed all the time now. So how are you going to maintain your conditioning when the games are postponed? Where are you going to play? Where, where, you can't even practice. They Back don't even want you to gym. come. They already said they don't, they don't even want you to come to the gym because it's more important that we stay safe, which you can't disagree with. Than to go and yeah. practice and do. They don't even want guys giving each other high fives now. So I'm going to put a security guard at half court to make sure guys don't high five <laughs> or hug each other after the game. So Eric, how's this going? To, how's this going to work? Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're we've never been in a situation under these circumstances. Okay. So so now so okay so now we have that. Then on top of it, we only got 72 games. We need a we need a minimum of twenty five games to figure this out. They're like, how are we gonna play? What are we gonna do? What's our identity? The key is what's our identity? Who are we? 
who are we? Yeah. Like, are you know? So you say, okay, the Detroit Pistons, whether you like them or not, they had an identity. The Bulls, they had an identity. The triangle offense. The early Lakers in the eighties, Showtime. The Lakers with Shaq, they had an identity. <laughs> we played big boy basketball. <laughs> okay, the Spurs, they had an identity. Every What's team the identity. The Lakers, the current Lakers team, they know who they are now. They got an identity. Now, you can't say that about this Brooklyn Nets team. We don't know who they are. We don't know. Who knows? Who knows? So, it's way too early to even be having these discussions about all of this, who they're going to be, what they're going to be. What's uh, what's amazing to me is that Kyrie can take seven games off. If there's anything that caught my attention, Kyrie takes seven games off, hasn't played, said he hasn't done anything, has a little light shoot around. <laughs> I say that with air quote. Has a little light shoot around and rolls yeah. out and just gets 37 in an NBA yeah. game. Now, my pride continuously gets hurt because I'm going like, God, I'm an NBA player. Like, guy just rolls out of bed and just gave me 37. Like, that makes me question who I am, Eric. Eric, like, like Eric, 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 I'm an NBA player. Eric, you know, I, I, let's pretend, Eric, I'm an NBA player. Like, there's some level of pride here. Like, okay, I know I'm playing against great players. If a guy is a great player and he plays and he gives you 37, I can live with that one. I can live with that. Like, okay, man, hey, caught fire, just not when whatever. He's been, just not when he's not when he's been off. Eric, weeks, a guy hasn't played. <laughs> hey, Eric, hey, 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 Eric, he hasn't played. He's gone to parties. I got. I can confirm it. Says yeah. I haven't done anything because you know I just haven't been. I I I, I just my mind or whatever it is. He said I've, hey, I've, been, I just, out I, I've been, been out of it. I've been out of it. I don't think. And then he comes back and gives you 30 seconds. It just gives you 30 seconds. Like, Eric, like, not a lot. Like, like, Eric, like, I can't help but watch the game. And then I go, is it me? Or is this just a different, like, mentality of the game? Like, Eric, like, man, I, there are a lot of great players in this league. And at any given night, a guy can hit you for 37, 40 points. Okay, I can live with that. But a guy just says, you know, Eric is like, eh, I didn't feel like playing the last seven games. I you know, just wanted to be with my family, walk away. And it just rolls out of bed, sees me and go, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll just give it. I'll just give it. I'll just give him 30, 37 just, like just push, nothing. Just push, just push the button. Just push Eric, the button. Eric, no, that, that's Eric. Eric. Yeah. That's not happening. This is what, that bothered me. Like, the game didn't bother me. Like, so, if Kyrie so would have had a bad so, game. So, if you're playing on Cleveland Wednesday night, and you're guarding him. You're just doing. You're doing everything possible, pride wise. This well, isn't. This I isn't mean, happening. like, like, God bless Colin Sexton. <laughs> yeah, like, forty two, right? <laughs> yeah, he's plus five. Eric, <laughs> Eric, God bless Colin Sexton because Colin Sexton clearly on the offensive end had the same idea that I had. I mean, yeah. 
Eric, I'm a pro. Like, the Eric, I'm already upset that the guy thinks, well, I'll just come back and play and start against this guy. Like, does he not respect me? Or is it just like, like. No, I'll, and, co- I'll come back against Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's looking at the schedule yeah, and saying, yeah, that's yeah. the guy I want to come back with. No, no you got to go <laughs> back to the next game. Like, Eric, the first thing I'm doing against this guy is I'm going to check his conditioning. I'm picking him up full court. He can't be in condition. Turn him. Turn him. Eric, that's the first thing I'm going to do. And the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure I utilize these six fouls. Yes. Eric, there's no way. There's just no way. Now, is it possible? Yes, it's anything's possible. But, Eric, they could be like, man, BJ fouled out. Yeah, I, I fouled out of that game. Cause that that I don't get it. Like I just don't get it. But you know, he, if he would have had a bad game, he was three for fifteen. You, we would all say, "Oh, he's he's a little rusty." We would all understand why he's rusty. But there's no way that a man should just roll out of bed, hasn't practiced, said it to my face. He ain't practiced. Yeah, I ain't done nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm mad about it. I'm mad about it. Just talking about it, like, like God, that's like so disrespectful to me. Of, of all, of all, of all, of all your takes and of all the 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 roads we go down, this is this is one of the best ones. Recently. I, well, I, I just like, yeah. like Eric. I just it, it to me, it's just so disrespectful. It's just it's disrespectful to the game because you don't want to cheat the game. Like, come on, you man, can't cheat like, the game, man. You, you can't, can't cheat, cheat the game. It. But again, oh. that's my take on it. I, I don't know. I wish I wish there was some sort of technology where you uh, could be a fly on the wall for the uh, practices and workouts I used to run. I used to scream that every day. When somebody wouldn't touch that line or they'd finish that drill five steps early or whatever it is, top of my lungs, you can't cheat the game. You can't, you can't cheat the game. And uh, at the end of the day, it's a, uh, it's a great mantra for life, my friends. It's a great mantra for life. I had to get some cash uh, end of day yesterday. And uh, I'm in the ATM right, right down, like literally steps from my, my building down here, downtown. I'm in a, here, I'm in my winter skull cap, BJ. Oh, yeah, that's you. I have, a, I have a mask on. I'm at the ATM. I sense there's somebody else there. And all of a sudden, I hear, Eric? And I look over, and it's somebody in a mask, and he takes his mask off. And it's one of my former students and players who recognized me. And I immediately just start having these flashbacks to when this kid was in my gym and I was coaching him and he's living uh, a few blocks away. And it was just too funny, but can't cheat the game, man. You can't cheat the game. I love it. I love it. So, so quickly uh, here. And, and that was a great, uh, those, those are great takes uh, on all fronts. Um, Oh, wow. I have a 617 number calling me from Boston right now. Might be the team. They might they might be giving me a call. Yeah, you, never might, it, it, you never know. You never know. They want it for a 10 day. I'm I'm, rec- I'm recording with BJ. I'm recording with BJ. Um NBA and COVID. Um tough um to ignore it. It's also something that I, you know, I only want to really dive into it when uh there's something um somewhat 
it's all important, but how much can we talk about the same thing is my point. So um, we're now seeing games canceled. The Wizards have had five straight. The Celtics had three straight before returning to their action. And now there's discussion about the vaccine and potentially jumping the line and doing PSAs to show it's safe and effective. So, you know, I don't know what you're hearing on your end, but should the NBA be jumping the vaccine line now to try to influence the greater public to go and do this? Um, what's your well, initial I, reaction? I'm not sure, you know, listen. I, like everyone else, are just... And I live out here in California. And we're all are trying to figure this out as we go along, right? What's, what's, what's the, the magic solution? What's the way in to get this to the public? And more importantly, how are we going to organize this to get everyone involved and everyone an opportunity, everyone, to get this vaccine to everyone in a safe manner? Eric, you may, out there in New York, you guys may have it figured out. In California, they don't have it figured out yet, okay? And what it appears to be, based on what I've seen and read and trying to figure out, it's as recently as two days ago, Mm -hmm. I called my doctor and I said, what are you hearing? How can we get ourselves... (laughs) in line or on the list or sure what do you think and all these things now unless we say jump the line okay where is the line first of all what's what's the procedure here that we're all aware of of how to get access to this what's the procedure what's the process what i do know is that we all have a responsibility to one another to work together to get this, you know, as best we can. Now, there is, the vaccine is available. How you get it though? Where you get it? How you sign up for it? You know, my parents are older and they live in Michigan. They're calling me. Why are they calling me in California? Yep. I got my wife's parents. They're older. BJ, what are you hearing now? I don't know what line everyone is talking about, but what I do know is that these young people, these young people, I don't care who you are, are in close proximity. (laughs) They're traveling around the country and they're catching COVID. This is what I do know. And I'm going to say... I'm not jumping lines. If we are put, we are exposing these kids. Okay. This isn't a game. This is their profession. This is their job. And when people are doing their jobs and they're coming in close proximity and they're being exposed, what can we do to keep, we say this word, but I'm asking the question, everyone's as safe as we possibly can. And I'm not saying one person's life is more valuable than another person's life. But if you are in a job and you are exposing yourself, 
Now, what, 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 give me the definitions of, well, somebody's life is more important than another's life. Life is life. So if that is the case, okay, if we value everyone's life and we have a procedure and we're going to say this group is more important than that group or this group, okay, whatever the procedure may be, okay, I'm going to fall in line. Let's stop the games then. Give me the procedure because when that young man got sick down there in Florida, for the, uh, the Florida Gators down there, the university, the collegiate kid. I'm forgetting the name, but I'm I following you. This makes me nervous. This I respect this, this, this virus. I respect it. And I'm not about jumping in lines. I'm Keontae about Johnson. Sorry. I'm Keontae about, Johnson. I'm about let's all do what we need to do to move forward. And that's going to require everyone to work together on this one. Now, if that is the case, then let's, I can't remember what George Hill said it or one of the players, let's just stop playing then. But if they are going to play, Eric, and they do have the capacity to keep them and their families, Eric, they have parents, they have kids, they have wives. If we're going to do this, don't we have some type of responsibility because they got families too. Like my kids, okay, I got I got a kid, in, I have a, a son in college. I have a responsibility. Just like he has a responsibility not expose the family and his grandparents. I got a responsibility to see What's the line here? Like, I'm not into the NBA or whatever. No, I'm into the people. This is about people now. What's the responsibility to keep us all as safe as possible without exposing any of us unnecessarily? Now, if we want to say whatever is, I'm not into that. Like, I'm not into that. I'm just into, okay, what is your job? Okay, we want to we, we want to call sports sports on one hand, but we don't want to call it what it really is. It's a job. What is your job requiring you to do? My office is closed. We've been closed since March 11th of last year. Why? Why, Eric? Responsibility to people. Okay, Eric. So why would our office continuously be open without a way to protect everyone that's in that environment. And we're not bumping each other. <laughs> we're not guarding each other. We're not yeah. sweating on each other. Our offices are closed for a reason here. Our offices are closed. So what lens are we looking at this from? Because we have a responsibility to get it to everyone. But when I look around, Eric, there's people walking around without their mask on. There's people talking about they're not going to take the vaccine. Yep. So, Eric, 
I'll say this. The situation has to be scienced. The situation has to be where everyone understands, but more importantly, to understand, I mean, we've lost lives because of this, Eric. We've lost lives. This is not a basketball life, basketball question, a baseball question. We just lost lives. And, and, and I'm not into all of these little narratives because I'm too old now to play these little games. What's the best thing to do for everyone involved here? What's the best thing to do? And if the best thing to do, if you're asking people to work in the close proximity, if you're asking people to do that, <laughs> well, Eric, don't we have a responsibility to keep those people safe? If you're asking people to do that, I don't care what your job is. I don't care what it is. We have a responsibility to keep everyone safe. Everyone. And if you're, if they ask me to come to work right now, Eric, without having some type of protocol, Eric, I would seriously have to evaluate that what's best for me and my family. Eric, I have not traveled since March 11th of last year. Have not gotten on a plane. Have not gotten on a plane. Have not done anything. I, like everyone else around the world, have had to make changes in my behavior. I've had to make changes my kids' behavior, how we interact with friends and family and things that we would normally do. Eric, we haven't been to a restaurant. We haven't done a thing. So I don't get what the question is other than to say, what are we, re what are we doing? Because Eric, I'm concerned when when that when that statement or the news came out of Oklahoma City last year that there were potentially players had COVID. I didn't know what to think. That's a crazy night. I didn't know what to think. So I'm not really into this little who's jumping like no no no. <laughs> What's the process here? What's the process? Give me the information. How do we get it? Because my parents are over 65. My wife's parents are over 65, you know? And I'm concerned. How do we get them saved? How do we get these people who are working in first responders? How do we keep these people safe? How do we get the world as safe as we possibly can? The world. And if we are making decisions where people are working close together, Eric, if you and I were in the same room right now, I would ask you, Eric, Eric, did you, did you <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're my guy. You're my guy, Eric. You're my guy. And I would hope you would do the same because that's called being responsible. So the responsibility Absolutely. that I have in this goes above and beyond who's jumping line and doing what. If I was working with Eric, I want to know that Eric is doing the same precautionary measures that I'm doing. Because when Eric goes home, Eric has family or people he has to see and he's responsible to and and so forth. And, and I doing the same. So I don't have time for that. But what I do have time for is, okay, 
where where where's Dr. Fauci and these people? Let's talk to the people and figure out how to keep these people safe. Well said, well positioned. And uh, yeah, the next time I see you will be other very responsible circumstances. So actually, I got to go get my uh, got to go get a weekly test, which I've been trying to do just to, to be sure. But uh, I'm with you. A lot of lives lost. Um, a lot of futures hanging in the balance. And um, you hit it on the head. The process here is key. And how do we how do we do this and how do we do it the right way? How do we keep everybody safe and how do we figure out how to continue to move forward and um, get out of this awful uh, moment and, and cycle that we're in uh, regarding COVID-19? Um, and the NBA is just a, obviously a small part of that. So um, we'll keep an eye on this uh, last topic for today. And uh, shout out to uh, to Johnny L, our uh, our new producer in the making. Who Johnny came up L, with this one. I like that. Johnny I like L, that. Johnny L. So it is titled "The Curious Case of Zach Levine." So follow me here. Zach Levine is averaging a career high twenty seven point four points per game on sixty four percent true shooting. <laughs> He's in the 98th percentile in points per shot attempt. And with that said, the Chicago Bulls are better, at least the numbers say, with Levine off the floor. Chicago's net rating is 14.9 points worse when Levine is on the floor. This seems to be a trend with Levine's teams as they've been worse with him on the floor every single season of his career except one. Now, we both know how we uh, feel about analytics and their role in the game, but I share all of that. You know the talent. You know what they're trying to build in Chicago. We've seen his game continue to evolve. So first question to you after absorbing all of that uh, information is, um, is this or how much of this is Zach Levine's fault? Or is this just one of these strange statistical what's, what's anomalies that happened? Give me the Bulls Their record right now is under 500. Stand by. Johnny L, if you have it, share it. The Bulls record is... Six and eight. Okay. Six and eight. All right. And 22 you know, wins. 22 wins the last two seasons. 27 before that. I, I'm so. going to say this because it needs to be said. Okay. The game now is being looked at at a lens that doesn't tell the entire story, right? We look at the numbers. He just gave me incredible stats. I don't even know what a true shooting percentage is. I don't know what the, <laughs> a, a win, I don't even know what the, a, a win percentage or whatever that is. I don't know what those things mean. I don't know. Like, I don't know what that stuff means. Guy averages 27 points a night. Okay, great. What does that mean? Like, 
you know, Eric, Eric, I'm old enough to have been in the room where I watched a guy average 35, 37 points a night. And I heard emphatically, they said, he'll never win. Can't win with a guy <laughs> scoring that many points. And yeah. then in the spring, I saw him being celebrated as the greatest player to ever play in a documentary. Now, Eric, you got to get your story straight. Because when I came up, they told me that you'll never win with the guy scoring that many points. Oh, this league has never seen a player. You can't have the leading scorer and the best team. Just can't be done. Let alone a two guard. No one's who builds a team around a two guard. He shoots too much. He scores too much. Numbers, you can make the numbers say whatever you want them to say. Okay? I don't know what the... I, literally, I don't know what a true shooting percentage... If a guy is six... He's six for eight from the field. What's his true shooting percentage? I have no idea. I thought his true shooting percentage, he was six for eight from the field. 70, 75% the last time I checked. Okay, yeah. now... I don't know what all of that means. What I do know is what is your effect on winning and losing? What I do know since 1946 is 2021, 50 years from now, they will be saying the same thing. You got to defend. You're going to have to rebound that ball after that great defensive possession. And in the words of, of one of my favorite ways to put it, Larry Brown, you got to play the right way. That means you got to pass each other the ball. That's a fact. Play the right way. That's what, hey, can't win without, you can't win without playing team basketball. You can be the greatest that's, player, but you better figure out how game. to integrate, you better figure out how to integrate that great talent within the framework of a team. Because you got to have a system, and then there's this word again, an identity on how you're going to play. Now, that's what I do know. It's fun to talk about the analytics. It's fun to talk about pace and space. But it's always incredible to me that the Miami Heat, they defended, <laughs> they rebound, and they play self-unselfish basketball. The right way. Yep. Okay, when you talk about the Lakers, all exciting, the King, LeBron James, AD, they defended, <laughs> they rebounded the ball, and they passed it. Golden State Warriors. Oh, man, Steph Curry, greatest shooter of all time. Everybody's the GOAT. Da-da-da. <laughs> they were the best defensive team. <laughs> they rebound the ball, and they pass the ball to each other. And you can go on and on down the list. Okay. I don't know what those stats mean. But what I do, and I'm going to say this about Zach Levine. Zach Levine did something the other night that I thought was a huge step in Zach Levine's growth as he is growing into this new role. I watched them play Sunday versus the Dallas Mavericks. Zach Levine probably had a very average game by the stats. Zach Levine, they put they, they started off the game with Patrick Williams on Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic has 30 points in the first half. He ended up a game with 34 with Zach Levine guarding him. Wow. Okay. Go look at the go look at the stats, because we stat people here. Go look yep. at the stats. The yeah. Bulls won the game. So it's always, it's always convenient when that doesn't show up in the uh, oh, yeah, 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 immediate, what, the, the, immediate now, numbers. Zach Levine did something I haven't seen him do. 
he made the first step towards winning basketball. Zach Levine has been putting up incredible offensive numbers, 36, 37. I watched him one night here in L.A. on television. He had like 39 versus the Lakers. Then he had like 37 versus the, the, the Clippers. He's been playing on a tear. But I've never seen Zach Levine say, I'm going to go guard the other team's best player because – and then they won the done. game. And Laurie Marketing had like a big yeah, game. a big game. Yep. Okay. Yep. And they won the game. And no one said anything about that. But we're going to talk about his true win percent. I don't know what that means. So Laurie Marketing, in my humble opinion, is taking baby steps towards getting there as he's continuing to develop and figure out what it takes to win in this league. So yeah. is Lloyd I like what that team can is, be. Is Zach Levine, I'm sorry, is he a finished product? No. Has he shown the ability to do all the things on a winning team as of yet? No. Is he a talent still developing? Yes. And I saw him do this. I watched the, I literally watched the game to watch and it's sad, but I but I love the game. I it was sad, but I watched the game because it was Sunday, and my wife was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I just want to watch this guy play defense." She was like, "I was like, I've never seen him make this type of commitment." And they won the game handily in Dallas. Go check it. That's now a statement. that's what that's the statement. numbers and the analytics don't tell you is when you can see people change behaviors because they want a different outcome that Zach Levine with that level of thinking to me whether they won or lost that game is a step in the right direction that's what bothers me about the analytics because it doesn't show you or tell you what's inside of a person it just tells you what happens after the game no tell me these numbers before the game give me that true shooting percentage before the game so that I can know exactly what... No, you can't do that. It will tell me what happened after the game. It's trying to... I don't need the stats to watch the game. I watched a man make a commitment to guarding, perhaps, or what arguably some people will say is the MVP. It should be the MVP this year. Well, he stopped him. The guy scored four points in the second half. Zach Levine was outstanding. He was outstanding on the defensive end. Well, wh where's that stat? <laughs> No one gave me that stat, so I, I'm so I, I'm so glad this is where the uh, the conversation went because this guy has been talked about as this offensive force now for a number of years, but the fact that you witnessed him taking it upon himself to take on one of the toughest guards in the the, the toughest defensive assignments in the league against Luca. And to have that affect the outcome of the game uh, in a positive way for uh, him and the Bulls is uh, is a big statement. So let me ask you this. Knowing what you know about Zach Levine, knowing what you saw the other night, um, can Zach Levine be a number one on a uh, on a good playoff team at we, some we, point? We don't know that. Eric, we sure, don't but what know is that. your gut? No, but what is your you, – you look at him. You Eric, look at, Eric, you look Eric, at the talent, I'm the watching skill. The game. I'm watching the game today. Yep. Okay. Okay, Eric. You haven't been wrong in this league. As <laughs> you a, haven't scouted in this league. Until you scouted in this league. You don't know anything until you scout it. Because you got to be yeah. wrong. Raise your hand, people, who all told me, watching Steph Curry 
at Davidson that he was going to be two-time back-to-back MVP and have this Hall of Fame career? Raise your hand. Because I was in that draft, and they drafted, and no disrespect, they drafted Tyreek Evans ahead of him. They mm-hmm. drafted Johnny Flynn ahead of him. They drafted Ooh. Ricky Rubio ahead of him. I don't want to hear anything about telling me who a guy is going to be. I watched them draft Mano Ginobili in the second round. I watched them draft Draymond Green in the second round. I watched Kawhi Leonard go to 14 or 15 or whatever he was drafted. I watched Giannis get drafted out of the lottery. I don't want to hear about what we know about a player because you don't know. You don't know. You don't know who's going to do what. But what you do know is you see the talent. Does he have the physical capability to be a great player? Well, the guy runs as fast as anybody. He jumped as high as anybody. He can shoot as well as anybody at his position. He can dribble. He He's playing the point guard now. He's playing. So why wouldn't I? The, name me one. Every now and then you will see a LeBron James and go, that guy's like literally a can't miss. You saw Shaq, you go, well, it's probably can't miss. <laughs> okay. Name me the guy who, who told me, you know, Dirk Nowinski. We thought he could be a great player, but you traded it, you traded him away for another player on another team. Who are all these geniuses now want to say they knew something? No, I, 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 it's not true. It's not true. Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant, he was he was traded. He, he went like, what, 14? Somewhere around 13th? 13? So traded for... Uh, so you mean to tell me there was 12 other players? Did you tell me it was 12 other players that was better than Kobe Bryant in the draft? Is that what y'all telling me? Y'all telling me that those other guards? I ain't even saying the other players were better than Steph Curry. That's what you're telling me? Is that what you're telling me? No. So, in saying all of this, you don't know. You just don't know. Especially today's game, you don't know because we don't even get a chance to see him. James Wiseman didn't even play a game last year. (laughs) He was drafted number two. (laughs) Eric, he didn't even play a game. Barely played. He played in three games. Mm-hmm. The other kid played yep. in what? Seven games, LaMelo Ball. Mm-hmm. The other kid went to Georgia. They probably weren't even going to make the NCAA tournament. And he was drafted number one. Who knows? Because we don't see the kids long enough to know. So guess what you do? You project and you say, could be, ought to be, should be based on what you see. You saw Wiseman play three games. Was three games enough to draft in number two? Well, I saw him play last night. Guy had 20 points, about what? I don't know, 12, 13 rebounds. He's dunking over LaMarcus Aldridge. Nice win for the work. You're going, wow, that's pretty good. Now, tell me I didn't see another rookie last night who could have done what he did. Nope. So I'm saying all this, Eric, to say the following. You just don't know. It's Scouting is the most difficult thing today because we don't even see the players. 
when I saw Giannis, they asked me, what did I see? I told them, I didn't know what I saw. I saw a guy that was about 6'10", playing the point guard position. I knew he couldn't shoot, but he could do everything else. <laughs> I didn't know what I was saying. Well, who was he playing against? I don't know. It was like fifth division over in Greece. I didn't know what he was. Did I think he was going to be defensive player and MVP in the same year in fifth division over in Greece? How could I see Wild. that? Like, was no, my no. eye that uh, that tuned in, Eric, that I saw this guy's going to be back-to-back MVP and defensive player of the year? And, hey, hey Eric, and we are our shooter's league now, you know. This is the age of shooting. And, 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 and build his body into a machine and okay. play his ass off on, every man. night and here, be a great team. Here, here. No, there's come no on, way. Come on. Come no, on. There's no way. Come on. And, and, no and way. I know the general manager who drafted him, John Hammond, drafted him. in. They saw the same thing we saw. We saw a kid that was driven, but he couldn't really shoot. He was yep. about 130 pounds. <laughs> okay. He was, he was thin. And, you know, he played physical, had big hands. He could pass a little bit. But, hey, in today's game, I don't know how you play without shooting. Because everybody wants shooting. What's the thing? Everybody wants shooting. Well, that guy wins the MVP. Back-to-back, by the way. In a league where all we're talking about is true shooting percentage. Well, okay. Well, what is he doing? That affect and here's the f- ironic thing, he affects winning. He's had, by the way, he's been the lead player on that team, and they've had the best regular season record for the last two years. And he can't shoot. Crazy. Okay, now I'm gonna leave it alone because that that's the, because these so, are the things that you you know but, you have yeah, to you have to, yeah, you have to it, consider. It, it's you you. You cover all sides of it, right? And we can't just spell it out with what these numbers say. And um, your example. But I want to say this: I'm not discrediting the numbers. I think the numbers are important. The no, numbers they have to are be framed part. properly. They have the to numbers be framed properly. And the analytics should be considered. They should be considered. It's not that you dis. I want to make this clear. I don't have a problem with analytics. Analytics doesn't bother me. I don't need the analytics to tell me what happened in the game. I can watch the game and I can see that. If you're telling me the analytics are everything, then I have a problem with it because the analytics, all I think basketball people understand, like the stats, they do matter. Like if a team is shooting 60% from the field, that's a problem. (laughs) Okay. That's a problem. If you have a high, if you have a lot of turnovers in the game, that's a problem. If the other team is out rebounding you significantly, that's a problem. The numbers do matter, but I've seen teams get out rebounded and lose. I've seen teams get out rebounded and win. What matters is the following: who wins the game? Who wins the game? Who wins the game? Who wins the game? The numbers should be a small percentage, like every other genius that's sitting at that table, because we're they're all geniuses, right? That's why they're sitting at the table. <laughs> to give you one slice of the entire pie. It's a slice. 
It's not the it's not the whole pie. It's just a slice. Tell me what happened. Okay, guy was six for eight, two for three from three. Da 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 da. Okay, that's a okay. But what about that loose ball? What about that key screen? What about that talking on defense? Where are those numbers? What about that guy running down the lane and, and, and a rim run so that Steph Curry can get that open three? Well, there's no stat that said, that shows that. They just go, oh, my God, Steph Curry's the greatest shooter. No, the reason Steph Curry was open is because that guy ran so hard that the defender had to get him so that Steph could be open. That's what it doesn't show. It doesn't show great that. Call, great call out. Great call out. Great show today, buddy. Yeah, I'm sorry. You really you really, no, you no, you're really, but that's that's when you're at your best. So, um, I like the the thought of Zach Levine, Kobe White, Markin, and and the rest of that young talent being built with uh, the leadership of Billy Donovan. I, I want to see that work out. So. We'll keep an eye on the Zach Levine situation. Nice job, Johnny L, getting us down this uh, this very interesting lane here. Analytics versus no analytics. L- little things that can't be measured unless you're actually watching the game with that lens. So this was great today, buddy. I'm, uh, I'm going to go get some fresh air and um, handle the uh, endless messages and missed calls I have during this show. So Sounds good, my friend. Appreciate good it, job. Johnny L. You're Appreciate the best. Appreciate you. And uh, let's do it. uh, Yeah. So special thanks as always to uh, the one and only Bruce Bernstein, Mike Lieber, editor Tom Phillip, John Lichtenstein, Johnny L on board with us here, and uh, the rest of the Pure Hoops media family. Be sure to check out the Mike Wise Show dropping each and every Monday. Tuesdays, full court with Fisher and Kay talking college hoops. Wednesdays, it's Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin. Thursdays, buckets, boards, and blocks with Monica McNutt, King McClure. Fridays, the Pure Hoops Podcast with BJ Armstrong and yours truly, Eric Newman. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Share it with your basketball crew, with your friends, and uh, have a safe weekend. Enjoy the NFL playoffs. The Browns were so close, yet so far. And uh, stay healthy, stay safe, stay pure. The Pure Hoops Podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.